Welcome to Healing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talk about the revelation. How does it come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Most people focus on faith. But the most important of these, the greatest of these, is charity. They're about it, faith, hope, and charity. The greatest of these, that is charity. Now, charity has been defined as love. We love not in word and tongue, but indeed and in truth, which is true. There is the general of what is required under the law of the spirit of life. There's not a general obedience to the word of God, but a particular individual obedience to the purpose and will of God done for each individual believer. Let me say that again. Most will not make heaven not because they were born again or not born again, even the ones born again that have grown to little children. As Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 12, no man speaking by the Spirit called Jesus a curse, but no man speaking by the Spirit. It's only by the Spirit that you call Jesus Lord. You cannot call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Notice in Matthew 7, 21 and 22, Jesus said, Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now why? Because they did not do the will of God, the individual will and purpose for God for each individual member, believer in the body of Christ. The quest for life is not just a general knowledge of the word of God, but is finding and seeking God for the exact purpose and will of God in each individual believer's life. Doing the will of God. Their ministrations, different ministrations, different ministries, but the same spirit. Not all of us are called for the same calling. But where does revelation come from? How do you grow in grace? How do you grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory? We find in 2 Peter, his epistle tells us that through this obedience unto righteousness that we have added to our faith virtue. Take a look at 2 Peter, the first chapter, and verse 5. Notice he says, through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, through the obedience, we have to obey them that were made partakers of his divine nature and escaped the corruption of the world through lust. Now look at verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, that's diligently seeking the Lord your God, add to your faith virtue. How do you add virtue to faith? Through obedience. Obeying the scriptures. Not only that, but the leading of the Holy Ghost, particularly in your individual life. For God's purpose for you. Why he put you here on earth to begin with. And then, to your virtue, add knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Where does that come from? Well, you've added to your faith virtue. The next step in obedience there is knowledge. Then, do you stop there? No. To your knowledge, then temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things. That's the things of faith. 
Well, temperance is self-control, having your spirit under control, in obedience to the things of God, in obedience by faith, through this grace that's given to us, that ultimately we are saved, our salvation, through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth, Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. And then temperance, what do we add to temperance? Patience. Now, even after we've done the will of God, that's the will of God for our life, then we have need of patience that we might receive a full reward. Tribulation worketh patience. We will all go through persecution because the scripture tells us explicitly, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Think it not strange, these fiery trials which are to try us as though some strange thing happened to us. But rejoice inasmuch as we are partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon us. This tribulation worketh patience. This patience then worketh experience. And experience works hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. Well, let patience have her perfect work. Then from there we add to patience godliness. That's the God life. That's a little G-O-D-L-I-N-E-S-S. That's 1 Timothy 3, verse 15 and 16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. It's a mystery of the God life. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory, doing according to his will in obedience and the purpose of God for your life, bringing it to full fruition, obeying it to the full measure of the stature that you're called for, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure, not ours. We have to forsake and literally crucify our will in order to do the will of God. Those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. Jesus stated the same. If any man come after me, let him first deny himself, your self-will, your self-volition, what you want in life, your plans, and do the will of God. Pick up your cross. Why pick up your cross? Not his cross. None of us will die for sins. But pick up your cross. Why? to crucify your own self, selfish will, volition that you won't, in the worldly ambitions of uh, the things that are in the world. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the world pass away with the lust thereof. But whosoever does the will of God shall live forever. We have to do the will of God. Well, that's godliness. That's the God life. As Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. In other words, doing the will of God. So in Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said, Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, only those that do the will of God. That is specifically important and essential to have salvation and enter into the kingdom of heaven, but it is mostly passed over not focused on in any of the denominational churches in the world. And as we see there in Second Peter, 
as we add to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, we're going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ through obedience unto perfection, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that Jesus will only present to himself a glorious church without spot, without blemish, a perfect image of himself, of which the body is fitly framed together and compacted according to the measure of each part, according to the measure of faith given to each individual member of which joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. Well then, after godliness, the God life, we add to that godliness, brotherly kindness. When we're fulfilling the law of Christ, we bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We condescend to men of low estate, preferring a brother above ourselves. We provoke unto good works. And then finally the epoch, the final stage of growth in the Lord Jesus, which is charity. Now, charity is not love. Charity is the love of God based in doing his will, not just a general faith, but faith that in individually given to each individual person, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Whatever he's called us for, his purpose and his will. He has dealt to us the measure of faith to enable us to do it through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Not our own, not our own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith that he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Well, that's charity. Now, Paul mentions this in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. It's called the love chapters. Really, it's the charity. Charity is not love. It's far greater. It's seeking out diligently the Lord your God in doing his will and purpose for your life. That's working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Iniquity, on the other hand, is having the Holy Ghost Christ in you, knowing, maybe knowing the will of God, but not obeying it. Obedience is required. Notice that that charity in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, Paul goes on and states, when I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child. Now, what is a child? Well, 1 John 2, 12-14, John tells us in his epistle what a child is. I write to you little children, not babies, little children, because... Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Yes, you're born again. And you've known the Father. You've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father revealed. You've known the Father. Just as Jesus stated in John 8, 13 through 27. When he asked, where is your Father? By the Pharisees, Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. Because Jesus is the Father revealed. Well, that's exactly what the little children have. They're not full grown, but they have been forgiven of their sins and they know that Jesus is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory. They know that. Well, is there more required? Yes, there is. And that is charity come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and obedience under righteousness, under holiness, protectors of his divine nature, 
And he goes on and states that Paul stating there in uh, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, when I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child. I was born again. I knew that Jesus is the Lord of glory, that he is the father. But then when I became a man, I put away childish things. What does he mean by that? A man. Well, we see in 1 John 2, 12 through 14 again. I write to you young men. Because the word of God is strong in you. And you've overcome the wicked one. Now, this individual believer has sought God in the word. And not only that, through obedience have overcome the wicked one. And then one more step. And that's that of fathers. I write unto you fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. John, in his epistle, states that twice. Known him that's from the beginning, that's the word of God. Knowing those things not only behind, but the things which are before us in the spirit of prophecy. That's the testimony of Jesus. Only those that are weaned from the milk in a full age will have that knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ in things that are before, not only behind, but before us. These are the ones called for the work of the ministry. Now, in 2 Peter, and chapter 1, verse 8, watch how important these things are. For if these things be in you and abound, they must abound, just like it was in 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter. Your faith grows exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. We're about to thank God for you, brethren, and all your tribulations and persecutions that you endure. Why? Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, so that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. If you suffer with him, you will reign with him. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. We which live are always delivered unto death. Why? That the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies. That's exactly what Paul stated. Well, he goes on and says, they're expounding on this, adding to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. These things be in you and abound. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're safe in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But that knowledge is not just knowing it, but being obedient and fulfilling the calling of God in our life, making our calling and election sure. What if we don't have these things? Peter goes on, but he that lacketh these things is blind. Now, there are many blind Christians. Somebody said, you can't have that. Yes, you can. And cannot see afar off. And say they couldn't see, they just can't see afar off. They don't have the spirit of prophecy. They don't have the testimony of Jesus as stated in Revelation 19.10. They don't know these things for the work of the ministry. And they have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. It's become a mechanical worship. The joy of the Lord's departed. 
They go through the mechanical worship, but there's no joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. What we find in Ephesus, you've left your first love. Repent and do your first works over. Well, wherefore the rather brethren, Paul talking, uh, Peter talking again, wherefore the rather brethren, give diligence to make your what? Calling and election sure. Make sure it's steadfast and you have done obedience to where you hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Make sure that you are doing the will of God without a shadow of a doubt. Make your calling and election sure. How? For if you do these things, there's obedience. You have to do those. You have to add to your faith virtue. That's something we must do. You add to your virtue knowledge that you're seeking God diligently with all your heart. You have to add to your knowledge temperance. Temperance, patience. Patience, godliness. Godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, charity. Well, that's a lot of obedience unto righteousness and the holiness required for us in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, and are you the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, that's a carnal mind, or of obedience unto righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, as stated there by Paul to the church at Rome in chapter 6. Notice it says here, For if you do these things, you shall... Never fail. That's a promise. You'll never fail. You will be pleasing to the Lord your God. And when it comes time to enter the kingdom of heaven, you will have entrance to the kingdom of heaven, hearing the Lord say, Well done, that good and faithful servant. You've served the Lord God, doing the will of God to the purpose and will that you're called for. You made your calling and election sure. But there are many just go to the church, pay their tithes, good people, but never did the will of God, not knowing the voice of God, not knowing that they were supposed to seek the Lord God with all their heart to prove that good and perfect will of God for their lives. That requires a diligently seeking the Lord your God. That is given to us in Romans 12.1. I beseech you, brethren, that's the church of the living God, by the mercies of God, not of our righteousness or our holiness, but by his mercy, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's only those that have the mind of Christ that will be sealed in the apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7 that God is doing now to those that have an ear to hear. Sealing the servants of God in their forehead, having the mind of Christ. Why? Because of the wiles and the tribulation and the trouble and the woe, woe, woe. Three other trumpets yet to sound, which are woe trumpets upon the earth. Without the seal of the living God, we will not be able to stand. Who will be able to stand therefore? Only those that have the seal of the living God, by the word of God, through obedience, under righteousness, under holiness. And those that are not pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus will not be in that number. As many as be perfect, be, be thus minded. That's the mind in the forehead that we must have, which is the mind of Christ. And if you be any otherwise minded, 
God will reveal this even unto you. God's doing it now. On the 19th of January, 2019, over four years ago, coming out of a Trans-America, African church, preaching at a Maasai tribal church, the Lord visited me, not for any of my righteousness or any of my holiness, but simply in obedience to him as a servant of our Lord Jesus Christ, said, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. I was flabbergasted because we're just a servant. We pop the rag and shine your shoes. We're nothing. He's everything. But it is time. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. God's doing it now. He is sealing his people that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We must press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus as kings and priests and to the Lord our God. And only those that are full age, having their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil will be able to have and be used in the work of the ministry. God's calling you that, calling all of us for that work now. It's a strange work. Bring to pass his work is strange work. Bring to pass his act is strange act. Let's don't miss it. God's doing it now. He's leading by his spirit. The Christ in us, the Holy Ghost, uh, manifesting the Son of God in and through us as a light to the world. If God's dealing with you, contact me. My email is sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. And tune to the podcast daily, Sealing God's People. Focusing on the present preceding word of God in the present truth. There also, you can visit our websites, get our books. They're easily downloaded at dennisbeard.org. Also, contact us at sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com. If you'd like to have a closer fellowship with us, jcic.tv. Join our website there. And we currently give updates on what is happening in the ministry. Those of you that are called for the work, please call me or contact me where we can work together. God is fitly framing his body together now and compacting it for the work of the ministry. Let's work together. If God's calling you for it, don't procrastinate. Let's do it. I'll come and meet you. We'll work together. There, some of you, just government's helps there. Help send the word forth. We have over a thousand ministers in Africa begging, requesting for this word to come to them. Over 200 ministers there in India. We need your help, not counting the ones in America. And we have most of our downloads on the podcast in America. They are receiving, many, many people are receiving this great present truth of the Word of God, not as Pentecostals, but as Tabernacleists. We're in a new season. The Lord has shifted gears. The seasons have changed into the true seasons of God. The Antichrist will do everything he can to change these times and seasons. That that is determined, will be done according to God's word. He's God, and we know he is because he tells us these things before they happen. Well, I pray for each one of us, all of us, that we all may be presented blameless, God perfecting that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless to the Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit and soul and body at his coming. Till the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.